Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of the Camps to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we got a holiday coming up here, Austin. Memorial Day weekend. You uh, got any big plans? Just getting together with the fam, doing a little cookout. Um, probably spending three quarters of the weekend working on some Debbie Guide stuff. You know, the usual Memorial Day activities. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I, uh, this is actually a, a pretty free weekend for me for once. I mean, we, I have been doing something at least like all day, one day, every single weekend, um, past two weekends, I was traveling, uh, weekend after this weekend, we're doing a graduate, uh, engagement party. We have some other traveling and stuff that I'm doing in June. It's, this is, is like my your, one. Is it your engagement party? It is. Yes. Oh, thanks for the invite. It's it's literally only um, bridal party and family members. Well, Close just so you know, just so you know, I have one of your groomsmen's groomsmen gift, and I'm holding it hostage until I get invited to shit. So I knew he was going to forget that. <laughs> I knew he was going to forget that. So yeah, yeah. Well, you'll have you'll have two groomsmen at uh at, at this that that weekend, so I won't even get to see them. So fair's fair. I'm still just, I'm still a little offended and I'm going to treat the rest of this show as a protest I'm for sorry. a lack of invite. I'm sorry. You're at least going to be invited to the wedding because of Kelsey. You're welcome. Um, I wasn't even invited to yours. Correct. Yeah. So we knew there, you knew, we knew you would cause issues. You're a troublemaker. I am most certainly not. I am nothing but an angel. Mm. Nobody who listens to this would believe that that you said that. The dynamic, the dynamic off off mic is so much different than the one on mic, folks. Don't let Colin fool you. Don't let no. his aw shucks, I can't cook nothing attitude fool you. <laughs> well, hey, I'll also have you know I made um, some pork chops tonight with some sliced honey glazed carrots. So not cooking. You, with you Colin, eat carrots. But- they're not green. Interesting. Yeah, they're, they're they're orange. We're good. Do you eat yeah. them raw or just cooked? Um, I will eat baby carrots raw. Okay. I don't eat like regular carrots. You not like Bugs Bunny? No. With the big carrot? No. Nope. Nope. I'm not. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into the show here, uh, freshman guide still on sale. I know there's some of those drafts still kicking up. Uh, it's available twenty dollars on the site. Uh, or if you are a scholarship yearly, grandfather tier, or NIL yearly, it came free with your subscription. If you haven't gotten that yet, uh, if it's not available on the site under the guides download section for whatever reason, reach out to me. Let me know. We'll get you hooked up. Devi guide pre-orders are also up on the site. Uh, that is coming up here very soon. That will be dropping uh, midnight uh, on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. If you want that in your inbox immediately, get that signed up for the pre-order. And then also go check out Sharp Sports on YouTube. Uh, Like I said, you know, you're seeing a lot of guys committing here, a lot of recruits. Um, You know, he's he's got a lot of recruiting stuff going on over there. So definitely check that out if you're interested. Uh, Like I said, he also might have a little uh, little something, something for you guys. But this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. you can follow all of them on Twitter at the Fantasy Points Live or check out the drops 
on Friday that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media group. Uh, another kind of a sparse news week this week. I mean, it's just kind of that. Ray died. That's news. Oh, that is that. Actually, that's really sad. Um, yeah, that stinks. I like Ray Liotta. Big Goodfellas guy right here. Same, same. Yeah, big fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, I would agree with that. I might actually watch it tomorrow now. Just, uh, just, just cause. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I meant I meant NFL news. Oh, um, oh, but, okay. Yeah, not not as much going on there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're not going to talk about who is and isn't showing up to OTAs or anything like that. Um, it's what, not about, a- what about talking about you guys are in the best shape of their life? Can we do that? Uh, yeah, we can always talk about. Okay, best cool. shape I've of got your a life. whole list here. Let me let me pull okay. up my list. Yeah. Yeah. Grip it and rip it. Just have it uh, I know I'm not on the list, but oh, um, me either. I don't think you are. Yeah. Me either. Um, but, you know, roughly this time next year, I hope to be in the best shape of my life. Sweating for the wedding. Stop putting it off till tomorrow, Colin. <laughs> this is how um, you show up to your wedding looking chubby. <laughs> uh, we do have two news items here. Um, Michael Thomas is reportedly not ready yet. Uh, still recovering from that ankle surgery. They're expecting him to be ready for training camp. Uh, he sat out the entire 2021 season last year. Um, and still is rehabbing here. Are we getting concerned at this point or have you been concerned? And this is just kind of reaffirming that for you. I feel like this whole, that whole run up there was, we could have just swapped out Michael Thomas for you for getting in shape for your wedding next year. He (laughs) says he's not ready yet. He'll get there. He should be ready by the start of training camp. Is this the end? Is this the end for him? This is Colin. This is Colin. I, if I, if I hadn't heard you say Michael Thomas, I, uh, I would assume you were talking about you. He's blushing. I am. I am blushing. Yeah. Um, and he's wearing a red shirt, so so it blends in. I just yeah. look like a giant tomato right now. Cool yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guy. Yeah. Bob. Well, good call because of the size of me. Yes. Thank you <laughs> yeah. for picking up on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I got it. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about this last week, right? That like we hadn't heard anything about him, and it was a little bit weird. Uh, mm. I am curious. Because again, with Jarvis Landry signing there, I mean, what does that mean for him? Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely noteworthy. Uh, I'm wondering if that ankle ever ends up getting back to to 100%. Poor slant boy. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to cut, um, you know, on the slant routes if if you have a, a bum ankle, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, I kind of think that this is trending towards he's probably not ready by training camp. And then, you know, what's he looking like for the start of the season? So it's, this isn't like a sell window for him. You know, that, that, that window has slammed shut, but still concerning. Uh, Other news item here, we have uh, Christian McCaffrey, another person who, you know, over the past two years has been in and out of the lineup, unable to really stay healthy. Um, has apparently been talking to, to former pros, Marshall Falk and some of those other guys about how to keep his body healthy, how to stay right. Uh, and it's reported he's likely to skip offseason and preseason this year. Uh, not overly concerned for I'm not overly concerned about that. I mean, he's a veteran at this point. You don't really need to do anything in the offseason. You don't really need to do much in the preseason either. Um, but are we still getting concerned about CMC's ability to stay healthy for a full year? 
No, I think uh, I think if he's smart, he doesn't do anything this offseason. I mean, he's a running back. Um, he, he's getting older. I, I don't think you see a lot of those guys do stuff in the offseason as they get older. Correct me wrong. I mean, I don't have a list of like a, a, an Excel sheet of who showed up at what age to training camp and who didn't or whatever. But I would assume that that running backs as they get older, they they show up less and less or at least, you know, participate less and less. No, I mean, I don't have an issue with it. Think about it is like if he's healthy. Who do they, they don't have anybody behind him. He's going to get the volume. It's it's guaranteed. They don't they do not have anybody else. And their quarterback sucks. Like what there's no passing game. Like I think if he plays, he's locked in as a top three running back option. I actually haven't tried to buy him in yet anywhere this offseason is because philosophically I don't really want to ever buy running backs in the offseason. Um, but he's a guy that I definitely probably as the season gets closer will be looking to acquire or at least you know, sniff around and, and see what people or check the temperature of, of whoever has them in, in different leagues. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Offseason, not really the time to make win now moves, but it's also definitely not the time to buy running backs uh, unless you're buying handcuff running backs in, you know, late July, early August, um, because running backs are a position that's most likely to get hurt here, especially in training camps, off seasons, everything like that. So, yeah, um, I'm not buying him now, but the the window will stay open for a little while. I think you know, I think people kind of forget just how dominant he is when he is on the field. Um, so yeah, I, he's a guy I'd kick the tires on later on in the off season as well. I have him in a number Who, of places. Whoever has him in your league, if they don't start off great, I think I'm sure that's an easy move to make in a C2C mm-hmm. or a dynasty or whatever kind of league you're playing a redraft league because. Uh, probably not a redraft league because they don't care about next year. But like I, I like, I, it's one of those things where like, wow, he's playing well this year. Like, how much longer do I have to get rid of him? And and running back is not a position that I generally like to have guys retire on my team. Like Travis Kelsey, have him on a bunch of teams. Don't care. He's going to retire on my team. Never going to sell him. Just don't care about getting squeezing out that last little bit of value because he's such a cheap code at the position. Running back, I don't really feel the same way. I, I'll get rid of those guys whenever. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I, uh, I'll be, I'll, I can pretty much guarantee I will pick him up in at least one league during the season because all my teams are contenders, obviously. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, duh. naturally it's you, yeah. it's your teams. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, my teams are, are, aren't contenders. So in leagues where I have him and, and you don't, you know, we'll, we'll talk it's a natural trade partner right there. It is. Yeah. It's my program team. Don't go with my program team. Well, I'm not in your division in the program, so good. We're okay. Don't, don't go looking at my team. Um, I won't. I don't know if I can. We can't look at cross divisions, right? You can't. I don't think so. Oh, you can? What are you, a commissioner now? I do what I want. No, I don't. Mm. I can't. Fair enough. Um, All right, well, we'll get into the meat of the show here. Um, This segment, Campus or Canton? Do you want to have this Canton campus player or that Canton player? I mean, we're getting to that point of the offseason here where – you know, maybe looking to make a couple moves here or there um, to beef up one of your sides. First one we got here, Jameer Gibbs versus DeAndre Swift. Who you got? Um, this is actually a really interesting one. Um, I, I asked about a year ago, um, I did a poll and I said, who was, who was the better prospect? And I know Gibbs hadn't come out yet, but um, I, and I asked Swift for Gibbs. I think Swift is the better, like when he came out was the better prospect than Gibbs. Um, 
Now, granted, some things that work that work in Gibbs' favor, like he gets one, like this next year at Bama is probably going to be real big, and then you know probably early day two draft capital. Um, so he he probably you know might hold value for a little bit longer. So I think that's something to consider with him. But I just think Swift's a, a better player. He's he's basically bigger Jameer Gibbs, where we have questions and had questions about Swift coming out about his rushing efficiency. Uh, when I when I kind of rank and grade these guys coming out, I don't. Like I, his pass catching upside was so great that I was like, for fantasy, I don't, I don't care about about his rushing inefficiency. So I, uh, he, him and Jonathan Taylor were just right at the top of the rankings there for me. One A, one B. I, I think I, I basically split the two of them that off season. No regrets. I would still rather have. I think Swift's a better player. So I think if I, I think you can get Swift plus for for Gibbs. I think I would rather have Swift plus. And if I was in a a uh, startup where both classes are together. I've never done one of those. I know they're they they've, they're becoming a little more popular, where you you know you have the whole college pool, the whole NFL pool together. I would take Swift over Gibbs, and I wouldn't feel that weird about it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually I'm with you there. Um, I kind of thought you were going to go the Gibbs route, but yeah, no, I I think Swift will probably end up grading out as a better prospect for me as well. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, it's not to knock Gibbs at all. And Gibbs does have that another year at Alabama. He can definitely show it. And he's a very good prospect in his own right. But I had DeAndre Swift as the RB1 in that class. I had him over Jonathan Taylor. Uh, again, just the large portion of that was just how good of a pass catcher he was and the, and the type of weapon that you could use him as in the passing game. You know, he goes to Detroit where they use him as a runner a good amount. I don't think they use him necessarily as optimally in the passing game as some other more innovative offenses would. I would really love to see him on, you know, some, an offense where you can just really line him up, do some damage, you know, obviously offenses like the chiefs would, would be interesting to see him used in that one. Um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury uses the running backs in, in a variety of different ways as well. The pass catching running backs, that would be kind of intriguing. Um, you know, there's some other ones out there. So while I like his situation, you know, just because he is a main focal point of that offense, may not be used the most optimally, but we don't know. There, there's there's more that we don't know about Gibbs at this point. Um, and I feel like Jameer Gibbs if he hits DeAndre Swift's ceiling, that's great. That's what you want. I don't know how much higher his ceiling is than what Swift is. So yeah, I would take Swift too. And I mean, Swift is 23, and he already like he'll enter the season 23. He his birthday already happened this year. He weighed in at the combine at 212, I believe. Mm-hmm. Jameer Gibbs, we are praying that he weighs in at 212. Like that, that is not certain and and swift ran a 448 at that at that size i think gibbs probably holds a little more special teams value i don't like if you're in some weird return yardage league then i think that that might matter a little bit more to you but yeah i mean i think you're basically hoping that gibbs turns into swift and swift is not old swift still probably has four to five years left in the nfl um at at least you know moderately productive years if if he can just stay healthy so yeah i mean i I think I would rather have Swift, but I actually think if you pulled the general public, I think that answer would be slightly different. And I'm interested to hear if there's any talk in our Discord here now in the next couple of days once people listen uh, maybe about their opinions on this. Because I, I, I really do think the majority of people would say, I'll take Gibbs. In reality, 
I don't know that he's any better than Swift. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of the a lot of the C2C community would um definitely I, I would definitely think a lot of the C2C community would take Gibbs. Now you do have the added benefit of I think he's gonna have a big year at Alabama, so that helps your college side. And then he goes to the pros and can he be, you know, 90% of DeAndre Swift for your team in the pros? Yeah, I definitely think that's possible. So I understand the argument for Gibbs, but I would take Swift. Yeah. Um, next one we got here, uh, Will Shipley, running back, Clemson, entering sophomore year, uh, and Aaron Jones. Uh, who you got? This is a really interesting one because I do think Jones is going to have a really nice year, but they do have A.J. Dillon lurking in the background, which is scary if you're a, a Jones holder. Um Shipley, I like I, I like Shipley, and I think he answered some questions last year, but I think he still has a lot to prove. Um, you know, he was banged up all last offseason. I want to see him make it through a, a full season healthy. I want to see him as the main guy there, week in, week out. Um, so I, I would probably lean Shipley straight up. But this is one of those trades where, like, if by week four or five, if I'm contending and I need a running back really bad on a team, I might be willing to part with Shipley if I can get, like, a Jones-type guy, if that's, like, the only trade I can pull off. Like, last year, right at the deadline in a 16-teamer, I traded Zach Evans for Joe Mixon. And there was, like, another, like, small piece on either side. And I was like, that could really come back to bite me in a couple years. But, like, the right now, and I feel like that's, like, a comparable, like, Shipley-Jones and, and, and Mixon Evans, and I went ahead and, and traded the young guy for the older guy. So I think, I I think I maybe lean Shipley, but I, but it, this would be very dependent on circumstance of like what what's going on here with my rosters before I would decide this. Yeah, I agree with you that you know mid year, if I'm or mid year te- trade deadline, if I'm looking like on the NFL side, like I have a real shot at this. I would do Shipley for Jones, you know, in some sort of a deal, probably straight up. I'd probably try to get maybe a little bit more um, because I do think Shipley is going to have a really nice year this year. Um, but straight up in a vacuum, give me Shipley uh, by a, a comfortable enough margin. You know, like you said, AJ Dillon is on that roster still. He's lurking. Aaron Jones, yeah, he signed that big deal, but his dead cap hit after this year drops pretty dramatically. So they could get out of that deal. Um, and who knows what green Bay's team is going to look like at that point. You know, Aaron Rodgers may finally hang it up. He's been kind of toying with that idea for a couple years, you know, now maybe with, he actually does it. Uh, and then, you know, who knows where that situation ends up. So Aaron Jones is definitely much more of a win now guy. I think he is a year or two running back. Um, you know, he might have one more contract left in him where he could be productive, but, um, I think Will Shipley is going to have a really nice year at Clemson. He's going to be the focal point of that offense. I think Will Shipley, I don't have that many questions about his, his NFL future. I need to see him bulk up a little bit more. Uh, but he answered a lot of questions for me last year. You know, when, when I watched him, uh, coming out as a prospect, I didn't love him, uh, because he just did not want to run the ball inside. He looked to bounce everything outside, out athlete, everybody, which he did very effectively. But then last year at Clemson, he showed a lot better running in between the tackles. Um, So that checked that box for me. So still a little bit concerned about the size. 
you know, I'd like to see him be a DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones type receiver. I think he has that potential as well. Um, so give me the ceiling on Shipley. Will Shipley just philosophically is the kind of player that if you have him in, in leagues, I'm not advocating, you know, just go sell him like just, you know, carte blanche, but he's the kind of guy that you can make, you can make a lot of value on for a guy that we like, but is still fairly uncertain. And I think in, in C2Cs, there is something to be said for having those kind of guys on your roster and kind of tr- trading like that tier of player away for proven NFL uh, uh, production. Um, so uh, like, I, I, I definitely think there is a, a debate to be had there. Um, and, and other guys that I would consider in that tier right now are probably um, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, him, um, even maybe like a Braylon Allen. Like that, that is the tier of player where I think you can really sell for a really nice price, get something nice back. And you don't necessarily have to worry about do they develop? Like, is that like, am all, is all I'm getting out of them college production, especially guys like Zach Evans, who's probably gone from like, you get one college year out of him, and he's probably not going to be a guy you really want to start week in, week out. Uh, and Sean Tucker as well, who I'm presuming we have one more year of him and he's gone. Like those, those are the really risky guys because then you might not get anything out of them. So different discussion to be had for a different day. Um, but I, I, I think that there's some consideration of that in there as well. As sure as we are or how feel how good we feel about some of these guys, unless they're a Bijan who even, I mean, he still could bust probably yeah. not, but like, in, unless they're just like this true, true, true top tier guy. I think that that moving them on sometimes can be a better option than sitting on them and waiting. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Uh, next one we got here, we'll move into the wide receivers. Uh, we got JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver Ohio State uh, versus C.D. Lamb, the newly minted wide receiver one for the Cowboys. Who you got? Uh, this is a really interesting one, uh, and I'm actually going to go against what I what I assume will end up being the the consensus here. I will take Lamb, and I'm not even a huge Lamb guy. I think the hype on JSN has gotten a little bit out of control. I still think he's a very good player. He's my wide receiver too. But this might be another case where sometimes you just trade the guy and take the 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 guarantee guy in the NFL. You know, Lamb probably stepping up into a prominent role this year with Amari Cooper gone. I know he's functioned a lot better in the slot than on the boundary, but guess what? I think what you're going to see from JSN, even though I think he's position positionally versatile, I think what you're going to see when he gets to the NFL is he performs better in the slot. And that does take, I know the NFL is, is moving that way, but it still does take you landing on the right team to really take advantage of that with the right quarterback. Um, so it's not just, you know, he big, you know, Julio, he run fast. You put him outside. He, <laughs> he, he, he beat man. He go fast. Like it's, it's a little different than that. Uh, so I, I uh, JSN's going to actually smash this year in college, but there are some leagues that I have to actually have a lot of JSN where I might trade him mid season, depending on what's going on with my college roster and what I can get in the NFL side. And I don't think, I think that's a really interesting play and one that I've been playing around with in my mind a little bit this offseason on a couple teams, like eyeing up other rosters and being like, if, if something's going on here, like what do I think I can start proposing around the league? So I, I, I'm actually going to take Lamb, but I do think it's really close and I don't think you can go wrong with either. Man, you're killing me. Um, 
Once again, I'm actually yeah, I'm in lockstep here with Stop you. Stop agreeing um, with me, man. Just pick the other one for argument's <laughs> sake. Um, I can't do it. I I like JSN a lot. Um, he is he is in tier zero for me for wide receivers. Um, I think he is all but locked into round one draft capital and very likely top ten, top fifteen type draft capital. Um, especially if Keishon Boutte isn't able to uh, bounce back from this injury, you know, he will be the wide receiver one in the class. Um, but CD lamb, I liked him a lot coming out. Um, he was a tier one prospect for me, not tier zero, but I love that situation. He's in, in Dallas. That's wide open. Now, uh, gone is Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is going to take a little bit of time to recover. Gone is Cedric Wilson. Not that we were that worried about him, but it was another body there. Um, he's going to be Dak's favorite target this year. And yeah, I think he operates. I think you're right. They both operate better in the slot, but I think they both can operate outside. And if, you know, I think they're going to move CD Lamb around a lot. I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. And as much as we like the potential of JSN, if he has a CD Lamb ceiling, that's what we want. If he's a wide receiver one, that's what we want. And Lamb, I think, is going to prove that this year. So I will also take Lamb. We had a lot of discussion when we uh, were writing up the Debbie Guide and kind of ranking the wide receivers, whether JSN should be like a quote-unquote uh, tier zero player. And I'm pretty staunchly like, like he is not a tier zero player. Um, the, I, I, there is no tier zero wide receiver in college football for me right now. Um, and so that's a movable piece as much as it, I mean, you can probably get a haul. So you definitely can, like you said, the hype has gotten to the point with JSN where he is. Yeah. He's, he's priced kind of at his, at his peak, at a ceiling there. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'll still take Lamb. And in fairness, I think there's a lot of people calling him like the wide receiver one in the class, and that's a very that's like a fair argument. Mm-hmm. You know, healthy Boutte is still number one for me, and we have to see that. So I get that that people uh, have shifted JSN ahead of him. It's the people out there who are like, he's just like the best college wide receiver in the past like five years. Like I have started seeing a lot of that, and just the hyperbole. And those are um, those are just you know bad bad process takes um no matter what you uh think of the player yeah I and that's that. not a shot at like anyone in particular or like i i have just seen them out there and that's just like just it, slow down like don't trip over yourself like it's gonna be fine he's, he's mm-hmm. a good player he's not you know the, amazing yeah um next one we got here uh jordan addison recently transferred to usc uh, versus Jamison Williams, recent first-round pick of the Detroit Lions. Who you got here? Um, Addison. Um, there was a question mark at the end of that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, well, he, he going to USC, like I think that's going to make him more visible for people. Like, I'm not saying like everyone, but there there is definitely a group of people that are like, oh, he's a USC wide receiver. Like that's like a lot more intriguing than like little old Pitt. Um, so I think that's that's a, a factor. But uh, James, you're basically hoping that, that Jordan Addison gets the draft capital that Jamison had last year, right? Um, yeah. I'm not convinced Jamison's going to be great in the NFL. 
Jordan gets one more year of college. You know, you have to do that equation in your head. Um, so I, I'll lean Jordan Addison, but I mean, you're, you, I, this might be one where you don't really know until three years from now. And is it great to, to move backward in the deal? Like if you have Williams for Addison, like to, to just reset the clock. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. My biggest question with Jameson is what that offense is going to look like, not in 2022, but in 2023, because he is currently still rehabbing, um, you know, and despite what, you know, some players and some teams are able to do, the average return to sport is still slightly over nine months for ACL injuries. I still lean towards the, a little bit more cautious side of that, where I think it takes about a year to get back to where you were as a player and be that effective again. So I don't think this is going to be a lost year for JSN or for um, Jameson Williams by any means. Like he will get on the field, you know, he will get some nice reps, barring anything unexpected happening. Um, you know, and and I think he and uh, Amon Ross St. Brown complement each other very well as far as skill sets wise, but. I don't think his game meshes well with Jared Goff. I would think by 2023, the Lions are going to be ready to move on from Goff, but we don't know that. Um, If Jared Goff is still the quarterback there, I have a hard time really trusting Jameson Williams for anything sort of consistent. And I'm with you. I don't necessarily know how good he's going to be in the NFL, but I think he could very much have a Will Fuller type uh, ceiling, you know, where it's spotty here and there, but he can have some boom weeks. With Addison, you know, we we feel pretty good uh, as a former Blitnikoff winner. Now he's going to USC. Like you said, he's going to get the visibility from a lot of people now. Not that, he, you know, Pitt is a G5 school or anything like that. You know, they have produced some talent um, and they play in the ACC. So people are we're definitely aware of Jordan Addison. Um, but just USC going to USC just raises the profile just a little bit, you know, just by nature of being in L.A. on that team. So we think he's going to go first round, but we don't know that. And we don't really know what his situation is going to look like when he gets to the NFL. I think he's the type of player, too, that's going to not necessarily be scheme dependent, but the rights, he will need the right scheme to fully unlock his ability. So I have some question marks on that front. I have some question marks with both of these guys. And what it comes down to for me is what you said there. Do I want to kick the can down the road a year? Um, I will take Jameson Williams on this one. But it's sure. not by a lot. Sure. That's a fair, fair argument. Um. Next one we got here, moving to the quarterbacks, uh, Battle of Ohio State, the the, the bruning battle here. Uh, we got C.J. Stroud versus Justin Fields. Who you got? Uh, this is actually the, the toughest one that we put on here, I think, for me. And my my only hesitation on Fields at this point, because I think Fields is a better prospect coming out of college, and Stroud has another year. I get it. Um, is that the Bears just don't seem committed to, like, doing anything with him like it's that unfortunate timeline where uh front office tries to save job by drafting rookie quarterback team still sucks team cans front office and head coach brings in a whole new regime 
team still sucks and now it's like well they're not committed to this guy anymore um regardless of whether they should be or not it doesn't really seem like they are so that that is what really worries me about fields like it's not about his play at all um i, I think he would be fine in the nfl um you know in a perfect world he would have gone to a competent coaching staff last year who's still there and whether the team is good or not doesn't matter because they're invested in him the staff believes in him and and this and this dreamland, the staff is competent, so they actually know what to do with him, unlike the staff last year. Um, so I'm actually going to take Stroud just because you get, like, regardless of what happens, like, whatever Stroud is going to do next year for college fantasy, the way it is trending now with Chicago will be better than any year that Justin Fields is ever going to give you in the NFL. In Chicago for fantasy, and how many years are you going to wait for him to leave Chicago to be fantasy relevant? Will he become fantasy relevant after, you know, uh, being wasted for four, four plus years. So I'm going to take Stroud and it's not really Justin Fields's fault. Unfortunately, that's just how it happens sometimes. I don't disagree with, with, with that. Um, I would take fields uh, again, just because he is already in the league. You know, we, I think he was a better prospect coming out. He also, just from a fantasy perspective, does bring more with his legs than Stroud does. Now, he doesn't always use it the most effectively. And now, whether that's him or whether that's the Bears offense that he was in, I don't really know. But that up that, that upside is still there if he were to be unlocked with that. I do definitely have questions about that Bears team with Fields. They don't seem to want to commit to him. I mean, look at what the Jets did. The Jets went out and they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Now, the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, but they draft a wide receiver in the first round. They surround him with as much talent as they possibly can. You know, they brought in a couple tight ends this year. They brought in Tyler Croft, who's not a world beater, but he's somebody. He's a body there. They brought in an, um, another tight end, too, that I can't think of off the top of my head right now. So they're bringing in at least some weapons. They drafted uh, Elijah Moore last year. They are committed to building around him. You know, say what you want about the Jags, and I don't think Christian, Christian Kirk is some amazing wide receiver or anything like that. I don't think Evan Ingram is the answer, but they're at least also trying to build around um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Now, they didn't use the draft capital necessarily to help him out, but they are bringing in pieces. Who did the Bears bring in? Byron Pringle, yep, Zellis Jones Jr. Yep. in the draft, who's like 26. And I'm sorry, but he's not good. Um, like they're not building anything around him. The Bears fans this year that are saying that Velis Jones is amazing because they watched <laughs> his highlights are the same Giants fans who came after me last year saying Gatarius Tony stinks. And they said, bro, have you seen his highlights? And they went after my bow tie. Um, yeah. So I, I learned my lesson. I'm just not going to keep my mouth shut. I only talk about college stuff now. Uh, NFL is for the birds. But yeah, so the, yeah, I'm with you. They haven't seemed to want, the Bears have not seemed to want to build around fields and they have not set him up for success this year. This year is shaping up like another year that could definitely be a disappointing year um, fantasy wise for fields. So, but I believe in the talent there and I'm not, 100% sold on Stroud. I think he's a very good college quarterback and he's going to absolutely light this up. But I'm not really sold on him as this top tier NFL talent at quarterback. You know, I think we, I like Stroud. 
I like Bryce Young. I don't love either of those guys yet, and they do have another year to change that and put another year on tape and develop, obviously. But Stroud struggled to start the year, and he benefits from a wide-open scheme and some absolute studs at wide receiver. Um, So I'm going to take the guy that I liked better as a talent uh, coming out, a guy who's already in the NFL, and um, give me Justin Fields. Look at us disagreeing for once. I know. Is that going to be your argument for the next one, too? Is what? <laughs> Is that going to be your argument for the next one, too? Um, we'll see. We'll move on to the next one here. This one's the Felix Sharp special. Uh, we got Devin Brown, uh, incoming freshman quarterback at Ohio State, uh, versus Zach F. Wilson, quarterback for the Jets. Who you got? Um, I'll take Brown, actually, um, despite the fact that Zach Wilson is in the best shape of his life and, and showed up uh, looking beefier at, at Jets camp. Uh, and you're right. You know, you just mentioned the Jets are at least doing all the like they'll know probably by the end of this year if Zach Wilson is the guy or not. I'm not saying he has to be like Peyton Manning this year, but he at least has to take some steps like he was just incapable of checking down last year it was pretty incredible. Um, he, he's just pushed the ball, pushed the ball, pushed the ball. Um, and it's fun that you picked two guys that went to the same high school. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know if that was intentional or not. You're going to say it was, but I, I have my doubts. Um, so I think I'll take Brown just cause I think he's got some, some career ahead of him here. Uh, and we don't know, like, it's one of those where we don't know that he's, if he's good or not. I have a sense that Zach Wilson probably isn't. So I'll take the mystery box because the worst, the mystery box is Zach Wilson. And you just kick the value down the road a, a few years where if Wilson's bad again this year, like what are you, what are you selling Zach Wilson for? I, I don't even know what you'd be able to get. Yeah. Um, again, we will agree here. Um, and was it intentional that I picked them that they went to the same school? Uh, high school not really yeah um i picked them because they are both felix sharp uh specials but um, they want to throw 100 deckers in there too yeah maybe hunter deckers versus carson strong who we got there you go um no but uh, but yes it worked out very nicely that they both went to the same high school as well um but i will take devin brown for the reasons that you said devin brown is the mystery box devin brown could be a boat we know Zach Wilson is – I shouldn't say we know. We feel pretty – I feel pretty good that Zach Wilson is not a boat. Zach Wilson might be uh, a dinghy. Zach yeah, he's Wilson a boat that has be... a hole in the bottom. you got to have a bucket in there, and you're constantly <laughs> bailing it. Yeah. And at least, like, we don't know what this other boat is yet till we get yeah. in there and look around. But, you know, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna take a chance that this one doesn't have a hole in it over the one that yeah. does. I mean, I, I, people make fun of the mystery box example, and I get it. But, like, sometimes <laughs> it's just better to take the mystery box. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the other thing's not a boat. Like, it's, yeah. it's not great. Yeah. Um, but I do like that the, the Jets surrounded Zach Wilson with a lot of talent that, or with, you know, some skill position players and he has some weapons to throw to. And like you said, we're going to know at the end of this year, what Zach Wilson is in the NFL. I think, um, whereas Devin Brown worst case scenario, his value holds like dead, even steady, um, 10 months from now. Yeah. He won't lose any value this year because he won't see the field. So, I mean, that's just how that works for a lot of these freshmen. Yeah. He won't see the field. Now, I said 10 months, not 
you know, one year because theoretically Kyle McCord could be out Devin Brown for that job. Do I think that happens? No, but theoretical. But within the 10 month span, Devin Brown is not going to lose any value no. because he's not going to see the field here. Zach Wilson could plummet. Um, but I also believe in Devin Brown's talent. I think he has a lot of tools and I think he has an opportunity to refine those tools a little bit better than what Zach Wilson does. Cause Zach Wilson certainly has tools as well. Uh, last one we have here had to sprinkle a little tight end in um, Brock Bowers tight end for Georgia versus Noah Fant. Uh, the new tight end for Seattle. Who you got? Um, this is a really interesting one. I'm going to take Fant actually shockingly um i like bowers i think we've talked a lot about it though that like bowers and mayor both have a flaw in their profile i don't know that mayor tests great i think he'll test fine i don't know if he'll test you know elite and that's kind of what we want at the position and bowers might but he's undersized shoulder surgery this offseason so we know he probably hasn't done much bulking at least not good bulking this offseason um fant is you know, a 260-ish pound freak athlete. He is in the NFL, has the draft capital, and we forget that it takes these tight ends like two or three years before they're like, they blow up. Like th this is the timeline where Fant, you know, the next year or two where I'd expect to see Fant kind of take the next step. Uh, I I'll take Fant and we, you know, especially because, you know, if you have to wait for an, a tight end for two or three years, that means Bowers, you're two years plus probably two more years. Like you're going to have to wait four or five years to get like, something big out of Bowers. You know, I, I doubt he performs the way he did again last season with all the tight end depth they have there. Um, so, which I think like he goes so early in like the CFF best balls and stuff. I don't get it. Cause the people are just like totally discounting the, the, the risk factor with all these other tight ends there. Um, so yeah, I think I'll take Fant um, fairly easily. Actually. I just don't, I don't enjoy acquiring college tight ends. Really. It's just not something I do. Yeah. I agree with you. Oh, stop Again. it. Argue the other one, you Again. jerk. Um, yeah, no, I I am very much anti-college tight end. I think I've seen it's... your teams, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're bad. I, uh, I am very much anti-college tight end. I don't think it's wise to invest in a tight end in college because they're so hard to project to the NFL. Like, there's guys that you think will be good and then they're not. And then there's guys that come out of absolutely nowhere uh, and play like, you know, and, and are worth something at the NFL level. It's, it's, it's just a very difficult projection to make. And like you said, two years of development for Brock Bowers in college minimum. Um, and then another two years in the pros to hope he gets to what Noah Fant is. Um, and I don't even like Noah Fant's situation this year. Drew Locke going to be thrown on the ball. I mean, at least he has the same quarterback from before. At least there's some sort of a rapport there. But Drew Locke's not good. They have DK Metcalf. They still have Tyler Lockett. So they have a couple other good options in the passing game for a passing attack that's not going to be very good. And they're not going to be pass heavy either. It's the Seahawks. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play defense. That's what they want to do, at least as long as um, Pete Carroll's there. So I think you're probably going to be waiting another year on Fant, but I still think it's worth it. Fant is big, 
fast, elite athlete, catches the ball well, good as a receiver. Um, whereas, like you said, we have some question marks with Brock Bowers, and you're kicking the can way down the road on that one, and that's just too far for me. Bring her home. That is going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on Spotify. Uh, if you listen there or on Apple Podcasts, uh, drop us a five-star review. Put in the uh, in the comments there some recipes that you want to hear me hear me try out, <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll tweet them out. I'll I tweet did out really, the final product. I did really like Sal's idea. Maybe we can get together for the hundredth episode, do the episode live, and then have a video portion where it's like a morning talk show with like mm-hmm. like the chew yeah. and you uh <laughs> you are cooking something maybe one of these recipes that people have sent in maybe the one that's like sufficiently complex i'm not saying like a beef wellington or something but something that's that's relatively you know difficult for for you and uh and i'll, I'll kind of like sous chef like you know and then uh we'll, we'll see <laughs> We'll see what you come up with. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I mean, that's the front runner for for episode 100 at this point. It is. It is definitely the front runner. I like that idea from Sal too. Um, but yeah, drop uh, drop a recipe in the uh, in the five star review, and uh, I'll make it and I'll tweet it out on Twitter. Um, Prepare family- for a, an absolute bastardization of whatever <laughs> you sent him. Uh, family of pods, check those out too. We're dropping something every single day of the week. Uh, this is Canton Bound. That's going to be dropping tomorrow. That'll be Friday. So as soon as you're done listening to this one, go check out the Future Freshman podcast that just dropped. No future freshman this week. No future freshman this week. Uh, taking a hiatus. Um, it's a holiday. Check out, check out some even, of the. I don't even know how you got me here tonight. That's a good point. Um, check out some of the other pods we got on the queue. There we got Chasing the Natty dropping Mondays, Campus Life Tuesdays, Devi Debate Wednesdays. Hero RB show on Thursdays. Um, we got Fantasy Football Roundtable on there as well. The official is back on the YouTube channel, uh, bringing you just tons and tons of content. Don't miss any of that. Um, but until next time, this is Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>